Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Hey, everyone. Dan Cassetta here. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. Little something different today as I wanted to address some common advice that I feel like people hear a lot, whether it be through speakers from the podium, input on social media, or other places. And I wanted to take a little bit of a contrarian point of view to some of the things that people hear. Right up front, I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for supporting the podcast. If you haven't already done so, Uh, My ask is take a few seconds right now, just tap the five on the ratings on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment and make a written review. Uh, It could be one sentence, just a few words, uh, whatever you want, speak from the heart, but please share a review as that does help spread the word about the podcast and helps with the getting really great guests in the future who want to know that uh, their influence is being spread far and wide. So I would appreciate everybody taking some time to do that. I'm going to share with you some of these bits of what I would call bad advice today uh, and get you to consider how you might rethink some of these insights, rethink some of these concepts, because these are not bad uh, bits of advice in and of themselves. I think they can be interpreted poorly, and that uh, there may be better ways to interpret some of these things. So here we go. This is five pieces of bad advice that I think most people have heard. Here's number one. Number one is everything happens for a reason. Oh, this one is number one on my list because it's one of the most common phrases that I think people use to justify their own or other people's bad decisions. Oh. You got a DUI this last weekend and you can't drive for a year? Well, everything happens for a reason. Come on. Now, look, a slight tweak on this concept is to look for the silver lining in every circumstance. And that is something I certainly believe in. But listen, everyone, if you make a bad decision and you get into some sort of trouble situation in your life or in your work or somewhere... I think it's wrong to justify that by saying, oh, well, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, oftentimes that reason is because you did something stupid. Or maybe that reason is because you have a lot to learn in order to optimize your actions in certain areas of your life. 
And ignoring these realities is only going to serve to make sure that you will get yourself into more difficult situations in the future. Life is not about messing up over and over again just so we have stories to tell. The essence of life is growth. It's consistent improvement, getting better at what we do, improving our outcomes, becoming happier and more fulfilled in the process. So don't view the phrase, everything happens for a reason, as a justification for your mistakes. Instead, I would encourage you to develop some humility and consider the reasons why something happened so that you're capable of making better decisions in the future. That is my bit number one on bad advice. Everything happens for a reason. All right, here's number two. Number two is when making decisions, just go with your gut. Mm, this is a, another very common bit advice that I see floating around on social media and bandied about by people speaking and offering insights to others. The problem with this advice is that our very nature as humans is to act in accordance with our long-held beliefs, biases, and habit patterns. Our very nature as humans is to act in accordance with our long-held beliefs, biases, and habit patterns. So in going with your gut, what you're doing is you're keeping yourself trapped in similar ways of thinking, and you're missing out on some obvious opportunities that might literally be right in front of you. Our gut compares our past experiences with our current situation. And it makes decisions that are in accordance with our long-held beliefs. And this is an age right now of advanced information and data. And so there are so many better ways to make decisions than just going with your gut. So one of the first things that I would consider is evidence. Look at evidence. Somebody once told me a long time ago, do more of what works and do less of what doesn't, right? Well, we can develop evidence in our lives of things that are working. In a sales business, there are sales numbers. There are metrics you can look at, right? You can study statistics in, in most fields. There's some kind of evidence that you can gather. In your personal life, it just takes some critical thinking to consider, you know, what's working, what's not working, right? Where am I succeeding? Where am I not? and really begin to gather evidence about our future decisions. Another concept I like to share with people is the idea of living into the future. When you're making a difficult decision, living into the future. And here's what I mean by that. I think that a person can literally visualize in their mind future outcomes of you know two different decisions you might make in a situation. Imagine if you could live the next year of your life and then push a button, rewind, live the next year on a different path, you know, of some big decision you might have to make, let's say, push a button again, go back and then pick, okay, which path do I want to take now for my real, you know, my real out, my real uh, time going through this. So those were my dress rehearsals. 
right? Now it's the real performance. Which one do I want to pick? If you could actually live both decisions for a year and then go back in time, it'd be pretty easy to decide, well, which one do I actually want to do? Well, I think we can do that in our minds through the power of visualization, right? We can take a difficult decision we might make and we could say, okay, I'm going to choose path A. And let me envision, what will that be like? What will it feel like when I make the decision? What would be the first things I would do? Who would I tell about it? How will they respond? How will it feel a month from now? How will it feel six months from now? Where could I be a year from now? And what will that feel like? What will I look back on and possibly regret? And then we could rewind and we could envision the same process for choice B in this decision. And those same questions, right? How will I feel when I make the decision? Who will I tell about it? How will they respond? How will it feel a week from now, a month from now, six months from now, a year from now? What might I look back on and regret? We can live through decisions in our mind to gain a better sense of what it will actually be like to be in that position. We don't just need to make gut instinct decisions now without gathering more evidence and really feeling what it will feel like to be in that position. I would encourage you all to check out a couple of books. The first one is called The Undoing Project by Michael Lewis. And it's a great book that mixes in a story of a couple guys with some insights about decision-making. There is also another book called Thinking Fast and Slow, which is written by one of the guys described in The Undoing Project, Daniel Kahneman. And Thinking Fast and Slow is a lot more of a tedious, difficult read than The Undoing Project. So I'd recommend Undoing Project first. If you like it, you could move on to the other one. These are a couple of good ideas on uh, ways that you can learn more about decision making. But the bottom line is just going with your gut is not always going to put yourself in the best position. In fact, many times it will do the opposite because again, we're just living through our own biases, our own long-held beliefs, right? our own habit patterns that we have already developed. We're not growing, learning, evolving uh, if we're acting in that manner. Number three, number three bit of bad advice that I hear people share is this. We should all care less about what other people think. I literally saw a post on social media a few months ago where someone was asking, is there a book that teaches you how not to care about what others think? And a common recommendation was, the book titled The Subtle Art of Not Giving a... a, a I'll just admit I've never read this book, probably because the title just lost me. And I know the title is just an attention getter, but I'm still not going to read this book. Here's what I have to say about this. Not caring about what others think fosters a selfish, me-first way of thinking and acting. This mentality also promotes uncomfortable interactions with others, and it increases conflict. So here's what I have to say. We should care about what others think because we're all part of a large system working together as pieces of that system to create a world that works for everyone. 
right? If you drive slow in the left lane because you don't care about what drivers behind you think about it, you're being selfish. You're also creating a threat, albeit a small one, to public safety. And you're diminishing the life experience for other people on the road. Now, if you clean off the counter at a bar or a public eatery or a coffee shop because you do care about what others think, you're being considerate of the person coming along behind you. And you're improving the life experience for others with no diminishing of your own experience. In fact, the feeling of doing something nice will probably set with you for quite some time and actually make you feel happier. Everyone, there are 7 billion people on this planet, and it's vital to consider your impact on others. The idea that my actions don't make a difference is the first step in a downward spiral that would completely decimate our social contract. What if everyone thought that way? What kind of world would we live in? Now, I know that when people say, you know, care less about what others think, that's not exactly what they mean. So I might amend the saying to be a little more detailed. We should probably all care less about what people think of our hair or of our clothes or of our personal appearance. We should probably all worry less about what people think of our racial background or our political or religious beliefs or what kind of foods or sports teams or TV shows that we like or don't like. Many times, people are insecure about having someone get to know them, when at the same time, the other person is just as insecure about having you get to know her or him. So not caring about what others think in its most positive interpretation can mean being more of our authentic selves. And being authentic can be a sort of filter on our relationships. It effectively eliminates from our lives those people who are overly judgmental or prejudiced about some aspect of who we are. But if you take this bit of advice to an extreme, what I think is that you can become jaded and uncooperative with others in your life. And that's not what we want. So yes, care less about what others think about some of your personal characteristics and superficial things. That's fine. But we should all be aware that we're part of this big system, 7 billion people. Right? And we want to create a world that works for everyone. All right. Here's number four. This one is one that everyone hears a lot. So this might be a little controversial. The point is, do what you love. Now, this bit of advice certainly has some merit. But I think it's often misinterpreted by people and turned into an excuse for wasting time in activities that don't add value in people's lives. I think loving what you do is a better spin on the same advice. And we tend to love what we do when it has a powerful impact on other people. Our minds are hardwired to value and appreciate contribution. Anytime you do something nice for someone else, you'll immediately feel better in your own life. So what I think is important 
especially in terms of choosing a career, is finding the intersection between something you enjoy doing and something that adds significant value in the world. Having some concrete form of purpose in one's work is one of the most important keys to overall personal happiness. So one of the things I enjoy doing is playing poker. All right, it's a game I discovered about 15 years ago, and I felt like the skill set for this game was right up my alley. You know, it's a game that's played against other people. While it's typically offered in a casino, it's not a house game where you're gambling against the house. It's played against other people, and there's a lot of deep thinking and strategy that goes into it, people skills, all kinds of other things. It gets, you know, my competitive juices flowing, and it basically has turned into a profitable hobby, you know, over many years for me. It's something I enjoy doing. And I've been asked many times by people, hey, why don't you just play poker you know, professionally? And in my mind, I'm thinking that would be one of the worst things I could do in my own situation. Yes, I could play and earn enough money to live, pay my bills and you know, be all right, but I wouldn't be contributing any value to the world during that endeavor. I would not be adding value. I mean, I, maybe there are professional poker players who earn so much that they use their platform, you know, to influence people and to give you know, philanthropically and things like that. And that's great. That's great. I'm not criticizing that. But to just play to earn, you know, a living and, and not be adding value through my work would not be something I would want to do. And so it really isn't a, a consideration for me to, you know, to go that route at all. And I think this applies to a lot of things that people do out there. There are a lot of things that you, we might love to do, but those things aren't adding value in the world. And if they aren't adding value in the world, then they're a hobby, not a career, and they should be prioritized as such in our schedules. So just think about how that point, how that concept might apply in your own life. And as you're seeking out what to, you know, invest your time into, you know, as a career, I think it's very important, as I said, to find that intersection between something you enjoy doing and something that adds significant value to other people in the world that makes a contribution where you can really feel like you're getting that personal fulfillment that will come from that area of your life. Now, here's the last. A uh, bit of, of bad advice that people hear, particularly young people will hear this a lot. And it's the idea of that you should always obey authority. That you should always listen to the input of those in authority over you. So I think we start hearing this in the very earliest days of school, and it certainly has its application as we're advancing through the educational system. Uh, a kid who constantly causes problems in a class is a hindrance to everyone else who's there to learn. But at some point, as our intellectual capacity begins to grow, it starts to become important to ponder the ideas we are hearing from others. Without this tendency, what I think is we would create a homogenous society with robot-like thinking and little ingenuity and little creativity. Uh, my favorite business philosopher, author, speaker, of course, in, in my life has been Jim Rohn, and he used to teach, take advice, but not orders. And then he mixed in this gem. He would say, make sure that what you do is a product 
of your own conclusion. Make sure that what you do is a product of your own conclusion. Now, I don't think that people should be disruptive in a classroom setting, for example, but we should all strive to develop our critical thinking and our ability to process information. An important way to do this is to have open dialogue with others whose beliefs might be different from ours. And unfortunately, this type of healthy, respectful discourse is being gradually shut down in our society today. And I think that's wrong. I really want to come out and clearly address those of you who are young, particularly students, particularly on a lot of our campuses today, which, you know, certainly have one far-leaning point of view. And I just want to encourage you to realize the importance of healthy discourse. And the best way to confront ideas you don't agree with is with better ideas of your own. It's to go to where someone's at, understand them, and then bring them over to your point of view. It's not to yell from the other side. It's not, you know, to hurl insults, right? And, you know, if we just sit as robots and listen to the people who are in influential positions or authority figures over us, I'm not so sure that that gets us to arrive at the best place in our lives. I think it's important to find people in your circle who have differing beliefs, but are at least respectful about how they present themselves. If you have some friends who are like that, or maybe uh, you know on social media, uh, you follow people who have differing beliefs from you, but are at least respectful in their presentation style. I think it's good to take in what these people say. Consider it. Try to understand their perspective. I think it's super important to maintain humility in our lives. I had a guest on the podcast named Charlene Lee, and in her latest book, The Disruption Mindset, she shares this. She says, nurture curiosity and humility. She says, the natural outgrowth of curiosity is humility, which gives you the intellectual integrity to acknowledge that you still have a lot to learn and also to admit when you are wrong. Boy, I think this is really key for people to consider, right? Having that intellectual integrity to know you still have a lot to learn and to admit when you are wrong. And as an authority figure at times, which I know many of you listening to the podcast are authority figures, leaders in your own world, keep yourself open to the possibility that you might be wrong at times, right? Mark Andreessen, you know, one of the founders of one of the most significant venture capital firms in the world, Andreessen Horowitz, has a saying where he says, strong opinions loosely held, right? Strong opinions means you're confident in what you're sharing, right? You believe in, you know, the things that you say, but you're also not so stubborn that you hold on to those beliefs in the face of overwhelming evidence to the opposite. And so those beliefs are loosely held in that if somebody comes along and says, hey, you know, let's look at it this way and what they say makes sense, you're willing to be able to do that. So I think this whole idea of not just blindly obeying authority goes both ways in that as authority figures, we have to be aware that on occasion, the input ideas, things that we offer up might not always be accurate. 
right? I'm here as a podcast host offering ideas, offering concepts right now. And, and I don't think anyone listening should just take what I'm saying and agree with everything that I'm saying. You might disagree vehemently with one or more of the points that I've shared today, uh, being, you know, quote, bad advice or advice that is often misinterpreted. So in life, it's important not to blindly follow the herd. I think it's important to take some time in our life for planning. And during that planning time, I think it's also important to take time for just thinking and considering, right? What do we want to do? What are some of our goals? What are our aspirations? Where do we want to go? How do we want to get there? You know, whose advice and input is most important for us to listen to and consider in our lives? What decisions should we be making and how? All of these things are important keys to getting us to where we want to be. So don't just dismiss bad decisions by saying everything happens for a reason, right? Really try to uh, consider the uh, positives and negatives of the decisions that you are making. And of course, look for the silver lining once you're in a situation, yes, right? But don't just be dismissive of what got you into that situation in the first place. Rather than always just going with your gut, make sure you pay attention to the evidence that is clearly you know, showing itself in your life. I do think it's important to care about all of the other people who are around us, not to the level where we become overly sensitive to what everyone feels about every little thing about us, but we should realize we're part of a greater system. I think loving what you do is more important than doing what you love. And finding that intersection where you love what you do and you're impacting the world is the sweet spot for anyone as a career. Otherwise, some of the things that you do that are things you love are probably more like hobbies and should be prioritized in our schedule as such. And then uh, rather than just blindly obeying the advice and input of people who are authority figures in our lives, right? learning to take it in, have critical thinking, have humility, and take time for considering and planning in our lives. like These are all things that I feel like can help lead us to greater success. So hope you got some good stuff from this short episode of the podcast today. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Please give us a review. Please give us a rating. Please share the podcast with other people. Right now, if you could share this with three people in your life who are not a part of Cutco and Vector community, so that they can benefit from some of these insights that uh, many people in our community have gained and are gaining and are using in their lives to change the world. We'd love to to, uh, have you share with others. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Thanks for your support. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. And if you want access to today's show notes, including links to any resources mentioned, visit changinglivespodcast.com. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. I'll catch you back here in a few days for our next story about changing lives.